0: i'd watch the practice with nine And X-rays. Out of My arms not broke, your arms broke. Out Out of practice. And welcome to the Out of Practice podcast, working our way through David E. Kelly's award-winning series, The Practice. This week we are up to season three, episode eleven, Love and honor may we all be loved and honored in this new year how's it going Dex wait a second it's
1: going well but aren't we on the episode split decision
0: oh do I have the no hold on hold on
1: yeah love and honor was last week
0: Oh, oh oh did I I didn't change the title okay never mind Split decision, may we all have split decisions in this new year.
1: Speaking of split decisions, did you decide at the last moment that you should have your arm x-rayed?
0: <laughs> yeah, I did. Last night, I went and got an x ray I don't have the results yet, but yeah, I, it, it got to the point where it really wasn't getting better, and it's been almost two weeks, and it's... uh. Yeah, we'll we'll get it checked out. So I technically should be wearing my sling right now, but I am not wearing my sling. So it's either broke or old? I think it's, you know, it doesn't have to be either. It can be both. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, so we'll see. We'll see. Uh, Meanwhile, it is the new year. And before I forget, uh, we need to do some congratulations to Jen, who is closing her extended long wildly award-winning role in Fiddler on the Roof in Yiddish closing tomorrow
1: it sure is and i i've gone above and beyond keith i've gone above and beyond yeah well you know she these last 2 weeks have they've had a ton of shows they're really packing them in cuz they've they're selling again cuz everybody wants to try to catch it before it closes
0: right so, Jillian saw it on New Year's. She did. Loved it.
1: I, in fact, New Year's Eve, my friends have, Jen and I have not spent a New Year's Eve together in six years just because of work and gigs and stuff. And so we had, sure. she had that evening off. So my friends invited us to a party in Philadelphia. We went to the party in Philadelphia, but she had a show the following night. So at one o'clock in the morning, I drove us home from Philadelphia so that she could sleep in her own bed. Basically wow. wrecking my sleep schedule for the next few weeks. Plus, my Eagles made it into the NFL playoffs. They're playing tomorrow evening, but I have they to go to the closing performance of a show I've already seen seven times
0: <laughs> to be a supportive oh. husband.
1: But I shouldn't sound like I'm complaining. I'm happy to do it, uh, but you, I'm You I'm shouldn't sound
0: like you're complaining <laughs> while you're actively complaining. Is that <laughs> <what
1: you're> true. <laughs> I really want to watch the game, but... You gotta, you know, you gotta do what you gotta do.
0: Well, I will uh, honor the no spoilers. I will not text you anything about the game.
1: There's no way I'm gonna be able to, to get through spoiler-free. Just turn your phone off. Yeah, I know. I'd wanna, well, maybe I'll YouTube TV it right up to the moment the show starts, and then I'll start watching again at halftime and just, or at intermission.
0: Yeah, there you go. I mean, no, I, I you're gonna be at the closing of a musical theater Theater show. I don't think there's going to be like chanting of the score of the <laughs>
1: Eagles, <laughs> Eagles game.
0: Yeah, no, exactly. If I were a rich man, touchdown!
1: Yeah! That's- Although I don't expect many Eagles touchdowns. I, I don't know. Well, if- no, we'll see. We'll see.
0: Well, look, you're going in. You've got nothing to lose. You shouldn't be there anyway. So, well, I if figure. You get anything, I figure. If, if
1: we lose the game. I'll be disappointed if I... Let's say I had skipped... Because Jen did say I could come tonight instead and then just uh, go to the closing night party. But I figure, worst case scenario, the Eagles lose and I didn't go to closing night and I look like an asshole for no reason. For all time. Best case scenario, we win the game and then I can just watch it on DVR.
0: Yeah, fair enough. No, I I think you just... If you really commit... To turning off your phone, no spoilers, don't look in the window of the bar when you're leaving. You know, I think you're going to be fine.
1: Yeah, but I got to go to the closing night party afterwards.
0: You think they're going to have the game on at the closing night party for Fiddler and Yiddish?
1: No, it'll be over by then.
0: Yeah, but I I imagine you're probably going to go to a place that doesn't have televisions. Because it's going to be a classy party. It's
1: not. The, well, I don't know. All I know is that there's not much information on the party, and it's at it's at the West Bank, so it's a kind of a weird spot for a closing night party, don't you think?
0: No, that makes sense. The West Bank's nice, and I, I there's no TVs in there. You're fine. Oh, well, in that case, all is well. Let's move You're on to totally this. totally fine. Get some of the truffle <laughs> mac and cheese. It'll be amazing. Can't wait. I'm so hungry right uh, now. <laughs> but I have a seven-hour podcast right. to do. That is enough inside New York baseball, but for the two people who actually know what we're talking about, it is delicious there. Go down to the Beachman, sing a song. Okay. All right, so we have uh, an interesting piece of we we are entirely syncing with the show. So this episode, split decision, apparently, aired on January 3rd. 1999 it is january 4th 2020 as we record this we are so close if we'd recorded yesterday we would have been in sync so it is the last year of the millennium it is right after new year's and it brings me to my favorite question what were you doing this day
1: in the
2: basement
1: Well, right now, we were all laughing because Y2K didn't happen.
0: Well, it definitely wouldn't have in the click between 1998 to 1999.
1: Oh, you're right. It was year 2000 that Y2K happened. Well, interestingly, it did happen in 2020. We did get Y2K'd as none of the the meters in New York City are currently accepting credit cards because of Y2K. Really? Y2 2020? Yeah, all 14,000 parking meters are inoperable if you are trying to use a credit card.
0: Interesting. I didn't know that. They're bringing
1: back the quarters. And they are not synced in a way that they can do an over-the-air update, which means that a meter made has to go to each of the 14,000 meters to fix it. Oh my
0: God, I Would like a thumb drive. Yeah,
1: so if you're coming to New York, make sure you bring some quarters. Bring some Oh, that's a nightmare. I know it. <laughs> So back in 1999, uh, this was the last year that I recall us doing what was our family New Year's tradition back in the day. So my father's uncle, who we ended up just calling an uncle uh, because they were similar ages, he and his wife had eloped when they were 16 years old. Interesting. And uh, back in the, I guess, the early 50s. And they stayed married secretly until after they graduated high school. They didn't tell anybody, but they, to this day, are still married. They've been married, I think, I believe 60 years now.
0: No kidding.
1: So what we used to do on New Year's, which is they got, they eloped on New Year's Day. So what we would do is on New Year's Eve, we would drive out to their house in Bucks County, Pennsylvania. Right. And they're a very big family, and all my cousins and various extended family from my father's side, who we rarely saw actually, would all gather at their house, my uncle Joe and aunt Charlotte. And what was cool is because they had eloped in the fifties, they would all we would like rock out to fifties music all night. And my aunt Charlotte, my cousin Charlotte, who we call Aunt Charlotte, it's Italian. We're all aunts and uncles, but no, none of them are. Yeah would get behind the drums and she was like this killer rock and roll drummer a couple of my cousins would grab guitars and various instruments and just like jam out all night it was really my first exposure as a little kid growing up to live rock and roll music and it sort of inundated me in the 50s and doo-wop which is still my favorite music to this day and we did this all through growing up elementary school middle school and high school and uh if I re- recall correctly, this was the last year we all went as a family because in the next few years, you know, college, my dad passes away and some, some things happen. So this was sort of the right. last the last time. And so it was awesome. I got to I, I gotta go back. I, I know they still do it. I haven't been, in, you know, in the past 20 years or so. But uh, I'm just thinking 1999 would have been a year. We would have been there rocking out, playing music. They would have been begging me to play guitar. I would have been embarrassingly saying no. Uh, bringing it in with Dick Clark. So that's what I was doing. Bucks County, Pennsylvania, 1999. How are you clicking over to the penultimate pre-Y2K year?
0: Wow. I mean, uh, first off, what a great tradition. Yeah, that's cool. That's that's so cool. I feel really kind of
1: guilty right now even talking about it
0: because I I just haven't been there in so many years. Well, you're going to have to get yourself... Well, look, life gets busy. (laughs) And... You know, you, what happens after you leave for college, is especially after you graduate college, you start building your own life. Mm-hmm. You know, you have your own, you, you know, whether you're in, in a relationship or with roommates or whatever, or you get married you start having your own family, like it's harder and harder to keep those traditions going. So it makes sense that it would be ending. So uh, I'll tell you what I was doing at that point. I was probably doing what I did when I busted my elbow out on the pond playing hockey. And uh, so we had, um, as we did this year, a long tradition over the the holidays and oh, really through the whole year. But because I was in college, I didn't have the chance to do it that much. But we played a ton of ice hockey out on our pond. And at that point, we were taking it very seriously. <laughs> Go for so, it. Yeah. <laughs> Hard to imagine. Uh but we were uh keeping snow off the ice was always a big problem. So we had uh we had a snow blower and we had all sorts the shovel spent most of our time just getting rid of snow. Uh did put a uh sixty eight Ford Bronco through the ice once, trying to plow the ice. Not a great decision. We can tell that story another time. Uh how, how deep is uh, yeah. the pond? Fifteen feet. So, that, so bye-bye for Bronco? Oh, no. No. Uh, it actually, uh, it took all winter to get it out. We had to rip it out of the ice with a bulldozer. Um, and it tore off all of the sheet metal, the roof, the windows, the doors, everything. Yo-y. So, there's basically just an engine and a frame with four wheels. But because it's such an old car, there's really not a lot. There's like three different parts that move. So... It still works. And so my father has been moving wood. We would heat our house. We've been moving trees around and wood around on it ever since. I mean, he's had it since like the 70s. That's pretty awesome. It's just a box with four wheels. Anyway, it, it, is, it is worthy of an entire segment on perhaps another podcast. But uh, uh, anyway, so what we would probably be doing on New Year's is playing hockey all night because we set up floodlights. Oh sweet. So we could be we could play at night so we had a couple of nets we sunk some uh, uh, some fence into the ice so we had a backboard so we could shoot with the regulation nets. It was really really you guys, serious. You, you went all out. I, I mean of course we went all out. that's what my family does. Have I uh, mentioned
1: to you on the podcast that I cannot ice skate?
0: Well, we're going to fix that.
1: No, no, we're not. <laughs> I've If I've learned that there are certain things you don't learn to do in your close to 40s, one of them being ice skating. Uh, that is definitely not true. It's absolutely true. You can ice skate rather well, and you broke your arm. So there's no hell, no way in hell I'm going to do no, it.
0: No, 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 no. I, bro- I, I may or may not have busted my elbow. I, I think not. I think most likely not. Uh, skating around like a jackass over bad ice, filming something. It wasn't just regular skating. I was being a jackass, and I got what I deserved. I, al- and I also fact, can't ski. Oh uh, well, you know, I I've only gone skiing twice, and I learned as an adult, and it's not as difficult as it seems.
1: I mean, anyway. I can do it, but I'm not very good, and I fall down a lot, and that hurts. I don't like falling down. As it turns out, as you uh-huh. get older, falling down sucks more.
0: Uh yeah, yeah boy, that is the truth. <laughs> I've really uh, I've really honed that uh, information. You know, my favorite part about this busted elbow of mine was, uh, so we skated Christmas Eve, had a blast, and uh, so Scott, my brother, was coming on Christmas, and I'm like, you know what? Scott's going to get here, and he's like the super hockey star. I'm definitely going to try hard a couple of times because Scott will be there. Hmm. So Jillian, devoted wife, Make sure I put on some elbow pads.
1: Good for you, Jill.
0: Because I'm going to like I'm going to try hard and I'm most likely going to wipe out and bust my elbow. So let me make sure I have elbow pads on. Let me ask you one question. You only get one answer. Did I or did I not subsequently the next day put on elbow pads? What is no? You are correct, sir. And okay. thus I got X-rays. <laughs> Even though I literally knew better. Hmm.
1: You know, before we continue to find out what was happening around the universe, did we forget, uh, did we already break our New Year's resolution to be a better podcast and forget the the violence and subpoenas?
0: Uh, We absolutely did. and Well, we did one of those two things. We did forget the order of our podcast and do that wrong. But we definitely did not make a resolution to be a better podcast.
1: That's accurate. In which case, let's just finish out this portion and then go back to filings and subpoenas.
0: Let's go back to filings and subpoenas. Well, you know what? Do we have any filings and subpoenas? Or are we just going to talk about the jury?
1: Aren't they? Oh, you're right. We don't have any filings and subpoenas. Because Tom Brady has uh, abandoned us.
0: Tom Brady has abandoned us. And may we all abandon him tonight or tomorrow night. No, tonight, Tonight? this afternoon, I guess. All right. Nobody cares. Nobody (laughs) cares about sports on this podcast, but we talk about it incessantly. (laughs) (laughs) And yet we still get new. Mr. Foreman, the jury has reached its verdict. Madam Foreperson, has the jury reached a verdict? Welcome to the jury. What say you? We have new jury members. As I mentioned last week, we're going to be working through these one by one in the order they came in. So next up, our new jury member is our good friend, Rich Temple, who wrote this uh, along with, so you can be nice to him. He gave us all the stars, so don't worry. Okay. He says, best coverage ever. The Practice was one of my favorite shows growing up and is still a go-to show on Hulu for me today. The Out of Practice podcast covers it the best I've ever heard it covered before. Possibly the only time you've heard it covered before. (laughs) Yeah,
1: it's not very difficult. Not a lot of competition. I,
0: I, I feel like there's not a lot of practice podcasts out there anyway. But just in case, we're the best, according to Rich Temple. He says they go inside each episode week by week and point out the things I need to look for and listen to. The hosts are super entertaining every step of the way. I enjoy the format that Keith has seen the show before, but Mike has not. It is a perfect way to relive one of my favorite shows. Thank you very much, Rich, and welcome to The Jury.
1: Rich also was in New York last week and offered to buy us a beer. Well, that, well Did he really? No. He was in New York, though. I just invented the part that he was going to buy us a beer. <laughs>
0: you were just, like, trolling for beer? <laughs> Yeah. What is why that? else? Why else have a podcast? I mean, I don't... A <laughs> <For> free beer? <laughs> what if you're going to invent something? And it's like, yeah, he came to New York was going to give us a new car. It was going to be amazing.
1: Now, when I was saying hey to Rich, he, he was nice enough to reach out and let us know that he reviewed so that we checked it out. So thanks, Rich. But yes, also... Thank you. He mentioned his podcast, and I feel like now would be an appropriate time to plug it, but I don't have the email pulled up ahead of me
0: oh god no we should absolutely plug his podcast well you know hold on while you're looking it up oh i can't because i have too much stuff happening oh for christ's sake all right well you sing the song while i look it up okay what's
1: we should have known this we should have planned that and i'm gonna sing this and it will sound like crap sorry rich of the better podcast wrong key it's coming in fits in fits and spurts on my headphones. That was
0: the worst ever. <laughs> that was the worst. Oh, all right. Hold on. Hold, you know, hold on. Sing it again. I have to find this. We're still looking for it. It's on his Instagram.
1: I think it no he You didn't tell me it was on his Instagram. I should have mentioned that, but it's not a better podcast.
0: Take three? <laughs> oh, God. Well, you know, you could have told me that before I made you sing the song. Yeah, it's his Insta profile should tell you. Oh God, this is a this has now become the ultimate nightmare. Come on, give me one more. <laughs> oh,
1: <God>. <laughs> <laughs> I'm singing again. Keith is my friend. Sam, <laughs> I am gonna sing it again. <laughs> Loose rhymes on a better podcast.
0: oh wait what's his what's his instagram name i don't know (laughs) (laughs) by
1: the (laughs) our boy rich has a podcast i'm sure it's excellent we'd plug it if we if we knew (laughs) hold on no we're gonna get this we're gonna get it because, uh, uh, anyway, Rich listens wh- listen, Rich listens to us whilst watching The Practice, now streaming on Hulu. Check out Hulu. Get your 30-day free trial at Hulu.com. That's Hulu.com.
0: And on uh, Amazon. Right. I okay. can't find it. You know what, Rich? We're going to plug the shit out of your podcast next week okay. when we are more professional.
1: Yes, absolutely that.
0: Uh, oh boy that went to hell (laughs) sure did
1: but that's okay you know what we tried and by tried i meant not too hard but enough
0: yeah really i mean i feel like we could have tried just a little harder but not this time all right so we are gonna go dive in to this day in the world we are talking about January 3rd, 1999, it's a Sunday night, and I'm gonna pull up our number one song, which continued to be I'm Your Angel, with Celine Dion and R. Kelly. Why? Why are people listening to this song, Stop it. Well, I think Celine Dion was coming off the Titanic song, and was like, as hot as they get. And hey, what was R. Kelly coming off, Keith? No comment! Mm-hmm. Well done, sir. He, You've learned. <laughs> he was planning for his trial mm-hmm. very, very early. The top movie was Patch Adams! I love Robin, that movie! Have you? Seen, I've never seen that. Oh, Patch Adams is great. A
1: Cryfest, for sure. Robin Williams, God bless interesting. This,
0: by the way, is not R. Kelly singer. It is Barneve Valcet in France. Yes. He sounds good and a lot a lot less rapey. He does sound a lot less rapey. Let's
1: hope that he acted that way
0: as well. I certainly hope so. Meanwhile, the cover of the Burlington Free Press talked about surplus taxes on agenda. Talking about coming out of the United 98- Thanks, Celine. Coming out of the uh, 98 election, they had a huge surplus. Bill Clinton, gropey though he may have been, did foster a terrific economy. Remember back when we had a surplus, not deficits? I do.
1: Tell me, what was our relationship with Iran back in 1999? Oh, it
0: was great. Hmm. (laughs) It was, it was not good, but we weren't actively trying to start World War III, so this might be the last episode. We'll see. Yeah, who knows?
1: At least uh much like our country, we will bomb. <laughs>
0: uh, that was that oh. wasn't great. That wasn't a great joke. This hasn't been a great episode yet. No,
1: it's it's been actively terrible to be honest. But at least hey, there's a new bumper. There is a new bumper, but we're not there yet. You're right. I forgot about the stupid bumper for the stupid segment.
0: (laughs) Called Sportsball. The New York football giants watched the playoffs from the outside looking in after finishing the 98 season 8-8. the Philadelphia Eagles watched the playoffs from somewhere in the distant horizon after finishing the season at 3-13. They fired Ray Rhodes and hired Andy Reid to be their new head coach. They also prepared to draft future franchise quarterback Donovan McNabb. Throw it in the groundy McNabb. Throw it in the took you to the Super Bowl McNabb. He did. Which, to be fair, you did lose.
1: We also won the NFC East like 12 years in a row.
0: Yeah, I, I was not a big fan of that particular situation. Yes. But there was one game where Strahan sacked him seven times, which I enjoyed a great deal. Uh, That's a lot of sports ball. Okay, so this episode, hey, you know what? We're going to talk about the show called The Practice. Have you guys heard nice, of it? I like that show. Wow, it's such a good show. Somebody should do a podcast about that, as opposed to all sorts of other
1: nonsense. Oh, wait! Before you get to this week, though, I wanna I wanna button up last week because I had a crazy dream, actually, that was loosely affiliated with our podcast. Really? Yeah. So you know the 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 arc we just tied up was with uh, our good buddy Tony Danza.
0: Wait, was it a thirsty dream?
1: It was not. Not even kind of close. Thank so God. <clears throat> in the dream, you and I were starting like a death metal band. Uh, naturally. Right. Which is very on brand for us. And we came up with the, the, a name for the band. Get ready for this because it's amazing. I can't wait. I kid you not. This was a dream I had. And I'm going to say it. And I hope that someone out there steals this idea. So we started a, a death metal band, Keith, and we decided in the dream to name the band Tony Danzig. Tony Danzig. Do you get do you get the reference? I don't. In the early 2000s, maybe 1999ish, I'll have to google it. There was this death metal band named Danzig. Oh, that makes sense. So you and I were we did Tony Danzig. I, I don't know why my brain decided <laughs> To, like, bring Tony Danza into it and have you and I starting a, a metal band, but somehow it all makes sense.
0: Wow. Wow. Well, so glad we heard your late-night dream about Tony Danza, maybe perhaps regretting the date you turned down when he asked you out. I think the first single we would release as Tony Danzig would be a, a death
1: metal cover of Gethsemane.
0: <laughs> yes. We definitely should. Yeah, P.S. So you turned down a beer from Tony Danza, but you're then trying to hit up our (laughs) listeners for said beer. Mm, That's
1: true. It's really... You stumbled upon something here.
0: I think I... Yeah, this is really... uh, This is very confusing. Meanwhile, your cats are going crazy behind you. I love it. I love it. Okay. So this episode, entitled Split Decisions... Was written by series creator David E. Kelly and directed by veteran director Michael Schultz, who last directed Passing Go. Hmm. Now, it is finally time to get to everyone's favorite segment that might have a bumper. Look out! What is that supposed to be? What's
3: your problem?
2: Is this what happens to women when you insert your penis?
4: What? What does Mike think's gonna happen? You know, what if he would have drank the curdled milk?
5: Then what would have happened?
0: What would have happened? That is some fantastic work on your new jingle, Dags. It's amazing how
1: much laziness can motivate you. Not wanting to play it every week and go fetch my guitar. I figured i will just do it.
0: Well, and just like it sounds so good. And you know what it really makes me want to do? What's that? Hear how much better it was than the previous version.
1: No, don't make so me do I th- it.
0: So I think, you know, for everyone's edification, we're going to need to hear. God damn it. I knew what you were gonna it do used this. to I sound like. I knew it. <laughs> <laughs> you should have known better. You knew I was gonna make this impossibly difficult for you because I'm just that kind of guy.
1: You you're you're a son of a bitch, is what you are. <laughs> oh, it's out of tune. What does Mike think's gonna happen?
0: And you son of you a bitch. Ad- <laughs> you know, of course, it's another. Uh, amazing tag you just put in there that the music fades out then you have to wait and then somebody talks again and I'm going to talk over that yeah, every single every time single like time. I do so I sorry Michael some, and Jackie I
1: found some on the set st- uh, like a, a a shitty on the set like birthday VHS they made for somebody like a, like a second AD or something it was like a mockumentary they were doing. I found it. It's on YouTube. And they did this... And Jimmy... Or uh, Michael Battaluc Oh, God. Michael Battaluco. Did I pronounce that right? You did. Congratulations. He goes on this, like, 15-minute riff about curdled milk and how they're trying to find the culprit who, who put the curdled milk in the fridge or whatever.
0: That's oh where God. I got that last little, little clip from. That sounds amazing. Perhaps... At the end of the season, when we do our season wrap-up, we can have that be our closing time. Oh, that's a good idea. Yeah. Yeah. You know what else is a good idea? To talk about what I think is going to happen? Yes, I do.
1: Okay, so the episode's called Split Decisions. When we last left our Intrepid firm, they had escaped the lawsuit by Tony Danzig and I see what they did there they were at a christmas party and the old flames of bobby donnell and lindsay Dole were making out hardcore difference is this time it's not a secret everybody
0: saw them doing it right and not even a secret to the audience like it was last time right so i'm going to consider that the split decision that they
1: they decided to do that in front of everybody and i think this week my prediction is that there's going to be fallout I don't know if it will be that people think it's a bad idea for them to be hooking up, or maybe their hooking up will turn to regret and they'll be at each other's throats, but some some fallout from that kiss is going to be pervasive in the episode. That's my prediction for this week.
0: Okay, I think that's a fair uh, fair prediction. I also have a prediction. Okay. That we're going to hear an ad. It never gets old
1: listening to you uh, pitch Anchor FM. Oh, man. I'm, ju- I'm so passionate about it. You know what I'm passionate about, Keith? Mm, mm, what's that? The Practice. Season 3. Episode 11. Split decisions. Plural.
6: Mm. Basically, we're getting victimized by the David versus Goliath syndrome. Poor dying man with emphysema going up against giant asbestos corporation.
2: Well, that's pretty much how it is, isn't
6: it? Yes, but we have decided to fight David with, well, David. Putting it more directly, we want great lawyers who don't look corporate or affluent. Your firm, particularly you, come highly recommended. You look poor. We'd be looking for you to handle litigation in Massachusetts state and federal.
1: We're looking for good lawyers who look poor and shitty.
6: Yeah, there are yeah, three different class actions currently pending, all in discovery. We'd probably want you to take over, assuming we can work out the transition. It would probably mean you're having to hire on, but we're not opposed to the idea of supervising other firms.
2: Well, I'd have to discuss this with my partners before I could even consider it. Of
6: course. Why don't you do that and get back to me?
0: Great. So Thank you for seeing me. Thank you. If you're paying attention at home, this is an asbestos company hiring them to defend it, as opposed to the asbestos that victims. Potential that were new business. Stand up for.
2: So it's the Why do opposite you look so of the tobacco case. Is it
7: a lot of new business?
2: Right. You could say that.
7: I suppose you say it. Maybe two million a year or so.
0: Eleanor looks thirsty for that money. I had
7: a feeling about 1999. We're going into the Millennium Rich.
1: What is... Yeah. That's not what happened to me. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Maybe the next Millennium will be rich. Maybe.
6: Probably.
0: So, probably not. Probably not. So, does this mean that we're just done with the asbestos victims case? That's really I odd. Know. They set yeah, that up she did. at
1: the end of last season. They sure did. And well, I guess we'll find out if anybody brings up that conflict of interest in this episode.
0: Yeah, well, I mean, I guess it means it's been resolved, because otherwise there would be a conflict of interest, just like said. you know, now that Jimmy gave such a great close
1: last week, saying that sometimes you gotta do whatever you gotta do as a defense lawyer. All the all all the uh, all the wheels are coming off. Now they're just gonna go cutthroat.
0: If what you gotta do was earn some money. Seaboard Limited? Yes. We couldn't possibly have the manpower. No,
2: they already know that. They said we could either hire on or supervise other firms to do the work. Why us? They've got this new underdog litigation strategy and they think I'm the poster lawyer for it. They were asking about Jimmy, too. I think his beating Silva caught their eye because Silva has beaten them.
3: That kind of client changes the firm. I'm not sure I'm ready to... This kind of
2: client builds a firm. If we are serious about expanding in the future...
3: Let's call a partner's meeting and discuss it.
5: Great. All right. Jerry Green. Second cell on the left.
1: Oh, Eugene's at the... At the jail. lockup, where he likes to harass people, generally.
0: Jerry? And we are seeing his client. Got myself in some trouble, Eugene. Who's dressed as a woman. Who is dressed as a woman? As a man dressed as a woman? We don't know any more information than this. Do it or not? Yeah. Though I will say, Eugene does seem
1: surprised, so apparently he's not generally dressed as well.
8: What am I going to do? Jerry. Uh, uh,
5: what if my kids find out? First, let, let's get you through the arraignment. Can I go to jail on this? Well, oh, yes. Oh. Is this your first offense? Do we know what he was arrested yes. for? Okay. Uh, Not yet. The arraignment is in about 20 minutes, and we'll go from there.
7: Three, two, seven, one, two. All right, two. hold Commonwealth on. Versus...
0: Guy dressed as a woman. Well, yeah, I mean, <laughs> you pretty much nailed it. <laughs> no, that's it. Well, I, I will have you know, I waited till the scene was done. We are in the transition mm-hmm. when we're doing the who's that. So at this point, this possibly drag performer, crossdresser, or trans person, unclear, is played by Tim Decay. Who you would know from American Crime, he was a lead on White Collar, he was in Carnivale, Sports Night, Party of Five, and you might know him from Seinfeld. Hmm. We are not entirely sure what he has done yet. Let's find out. Good actor.
9: Is E.J. Green solicitation... Sexual conduct for fee.
0: Eugene Young,
5: wave reading. Your Honor, plea not guilty. Ask so for personal.
10: We'd be asking for some bail.
5: My client is a respected stockbroker. Yes. He's a partner at Mossley Brunner. He's got strong roots in the community. Twenty-five bond, thousand cash. Trial
4: date.
10: Your Honor, I think we can dispose of this. Fine. Problem.
4: Call the next case,
0: please. Wait. Three, so two, he's seven, a, we'll a successful lawyer. Why is he soliciting? That was my question here. Like, what? He doesn't need money. What is he doing? Or. Was he soliciting at all, or were they just making assumptions because he was dressed as a woman?
1: Well, that's a lot of good questions, Keith. I say we continue to watch and find out. I think we should just stop right now and just keep talking about it. a clerk.
5: Uh, put your middle name first, and then we entered it with just initials. <laughs>
1: So Eugene's so, giving him tips on how the to deal? keep his. You caught a break, the John was Gilbert car. Yes,
5: we got
10: running for DA. Running for DA against my boss in exchange for a colorful testimony, we'll let him go.
5: And by colorful, you mean
10: detailed enough to kill a political career. Uh huh. Probable cause hearing is tomorrow. If we get the job done there, your guy gets immunity.
1: Okay, so let me see if. Th- so somebody is running against. Let's find out if Mike was paying attention. Hmm. Somebody is running against Helen's boss for DA. That's right. Who this guy works for? the The crossdresser slash trans person works for.
0: Uh, no, oh. but he was the person that he was caught with. Okay, he was he was the John hypothetically in this situation.
1: So, in exchange for salacious testimony that would help hurt the political career of the John, she's willing to give
0: him immunity. That's right. And we begin the icky process of realizing how homophobic this entire situation is. Because the salish- the salacious part is not the prostitution, it's the fact that he was dressed as a woman. Ah, uh, way
1: back, Machine, to 1999 and or yesterday. Yesterday. Homophobia in the U.S. of A.
0: Yeah, because otherwise, who gives if
5: it? I, if his address is in the record... Did you it out? Um, I want to keep his identity secret best I can. My cats are really
1: trying to distract oh, this going podcast. it.
2: Reportedly,
9: Gilbert Carr has denied all charges at this point. Though there's no indication yet that sex with a prostitute will affect his popularity. You see
7: how their eyes light up? That was Michelle Who? They're the reporters. Their eyes light up when they talk about this case. You can see their eyes twinkle when they give you the weather. Yeah. Are you a lesbian?
0: Oh, Jesus. Jesus Excuse me?
7: It's really none of my business, but I always become kind of close with co-workers eventually, and, you know, I figure, why wait till we're close when I can ask now? The answer to which could bring us closer. Kind of like speed dial friendship. Are you one? No, are you? No. But I wouldn't be ashamed if I were.
0: Uh, Rebecca, the cricket? Get back to me You look a little too uncomfortable. Where's Let's your show.
2: Down at court. to start with that. Okay. I think everybody's up to speed. The big question is, should we hire and build a litigation department internally, which business-wise makes the most sense, or do we want to hire outside firms and supervise, which may make the most practical sense, but it means fee-splitting? My recommendation is that we start that way, and then we expand internally. So eventually, we can do all the work in house.
1: They're not going to. My
3: recommendation do it. is that we don't take this client no. at all. Excuse me. Eleanor, it's asbestos defense work. So? So do we really want to do that? I mean, this company killed a lot of innocent people. I'm not crazy about representing. You're
2: this. kidding me, right?
3: No, I'm not kidding.
2: We represent murderers. Why would not you keep
3: them in business as murderers? Oh,
2: please. I have to admit, Eleanor. I. Okay, wait a minute. Just hold on. We are not talking about corporate criminals here. Asbestos is not like cigarette companies who knowingly put out products that kill. Nobody knew this stuff was dangerous when it was first installed. That's debatable. But even so, we all know the
9: defense strategy they employ: delay, 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 till one of the Weezers either stops breathing or they settle
2: for ten cents on the dollar because they're about to stop breathing. You don't know that. Hello, Come
3: on, Ella. They still contest liability. So do
2: all our clients, even the ones who shoot people five times all and right, the ones enough. who cut off people's heads. Hey. Do you have any idea how much money we're talking about? The problem is it would consume us. This is massive product liability. It will completely dominate. I I, I don't get this, Lindsay. You're the one who wants to shift into civil away from criminal. This is your dream client. Not asbestos. Okay, wait a second here. Have we suddenly adopted a moral criteria for accepting new business? Because if so, nobody told me. Don't get snide. So.
0: (laughs) Go ahead. This is a pretty epic argument. An an interesting one, mm-hmm. for sure, because as as they started out immediately, like this feels like a uh, the the comparison with the tobacco companies, but and and Eleanor I think rightly pointed out that nobody where they the, the the idea is people didn't know that asbestos caused cancer before they started putting it out there, but then they counter again with their tactics on on uh, just waiting for people to die as opposed to dealing with liability. So I think it's a, actually a very interesting philosophical discussion about what kind of cases you take because remember we are certainly I judged Egon mm-hmm. for working for the tobacco companies.
1: Well not only that, I think actually you know it might be a more interesting quandary if it was Lindsay who was bringing this to the firm because She was the one who looked at Egon like how the mighty have fallen.
0: Well, she she gave that speech where she lit him up Mm -hmm. for taking the tobacco case. At the same time, it's been an arc with her that she wants to do more corporate work. Right. Which, if you're going to do corporate work, corporate defense work, the corporation has done something shitty they're being sued for. So Hmm. (laughs) you're kind of like, by definition... We're, getting into. That. were jimmy and eugene in the room during this conversation
2: i will you get snot right has yeah. killed people the only difference between
1: it, you know the so. four the four by three is so small we can only see it one is difficult head time. to get everyone in them and yeah.
2: half our other clients is that this one didn't intend to kill anybody and they're willing to pay us 20 times the amount to defend them
3: there's no way we can manage this it's is
2: that the issue whether or not we can manage this, because that is different than the morality objection. The management issue doesn't fall under hypocrisy. Hey, bite me. All right.
1: Look, I think... We should also mention the past couple episodes that Lindsay and Eleanor have really been kind of catty with each other.
0: In, in a way that continues not to make any sense to me. Mm-hmm. Like, the
3: I think we need to have a full partnership meeting with Conflict Eugene. There's a lot fake. to consider here. This
2: is a no-brainer. What is stopping you?
9: Some of us have brains. All oh right,
3: Excuse me? Come on. Let's just table this for now. We'll talk more about it later.
0: Bitch. Whoa. Whoa. Now, I have to say, now I've seen that scene a couple of times. Uh, Lindsay is definitely the aggressor and the meaner of the two.
1: Yeah, what is, where that, does she get off? That could have been a very level-headed conversation. I mean, Bobby handled
0: it well. There's nothing to justify these two characters going at it like this. Like, for real. Like, I can't understand this amount of conflict between the two of them. And it's like you're... The, the writing has always been between, because they've been fighting right from the pilot, but their fights are never really about anything. They just start shouting at each other because like, you have a guitar behind you. <laughs> it doesn't make any sense. You told me to get it off the wall. Oh. You did, you would get it off the wall. All right. We're at We're Helen at, apartment.
4: Uh, hey. Scott? It's
0: Ronnie well, I know Ronnie Cox. Somebody dead? We saw him
4: before. I just came by to see your new place. Right. Nice. Captain Jellicoe. The Gilbert Carr case.
10: Scott, I- I'm not sure if you've met my roommate, Lindsay Joel He's from Donald Young Attorney. Dolan Frutt. Eugene yes. Young's from The lawyer repping Jerry Green.
5: Oh,
4: hi.
10: Well, if that isn't a hint to beat it,
9: I'll be in my room.
0: Roommates with the enemy.
4: I'm a little embarrassed to be making this call. though primaries are a ways off, but... Uh, but what? It's important that people remember Gilbert Carr's little incident.
10: Oh, okay. You're here to uh, ask me to do something disgusting for political gain. All right, let's hear it.
4: You can't just establish probable cause and sit. You've got to get out some of the graphic details.
10: You want me to kind of star Jerry Green.
4: In which case, we drop on him. There's another Kenneth Star reference. It's in his own interest. Yes, how lucky that he has you. Very tough. Like I said, I don't enjoy coming here to tell you how.
10: But here you are. Um, Could you excuse me? I need to shower.
1: Well, he went all the way over there for literally a 20-second conversation.
0: They could have had over the phone, mm-hmm. but it's TV... And apparently their apartment is just like an has an open door policy. Just <laughs> anyone just can in. just wander in and have a 10 second conversation, then leave.
1: You know what? He didn't even have to call her. Couldn't they have just like talked at the office tomorrow?
0: Yeah, that's true. I, I mean, know, like, at work. Yeah, but Dex, They built that whole set. It's <laughs> sitting right. up there on a soundstage. If they don't use it, Paramount's going to pull it back.
1: And it's also like, why do we have to have Lindsay in that scene? Couldn't, I mean, for the,
0: uh. Well, I I liked reemphasizing the conflict of interest of the two of them living together. One side versus one side.
1: Yeah, I guess after the food fight, I feel like we didn't need to, we don't need to revisit that beat anymore.
0: I'm amazed they were able to, they cleaned up the set after the fetish <laughs> video, but I guess they had time.
1: I just like when they go to the apartment set because we get to see what athleisure
0: wear they've decided to dress them in. It's totally true. What expensive athleisure. Oh. Keith, should we visit uh, an important segment? You think it's time? Mm Mm-hmm. Parishioners, it is time to contemplate the answer to one of God's greatest mysteries. Let's let's examine it here. Yeah, okay. So she's definitely... This entire episode is a series of muffs. It's like she has a... uh, That's what the shoulder thing is, right? No, a muff is
1: is on your arms. The shoulder thing is just like a mink collar.
0: Yeah, she's like all about the puffy collars this episode. I think the costume designer is like... Every episode, Lucy has a different theme. A different type of clothes that she wears three or four versions of. So she's wearing some sort of a giant, hideous faux collar over, it looks like some sort of one of those old Victorian dresses that she wears all the time.
1: So I'm going to go one step deeper into the ridiculous analyzing of her fashion. Oh, do tell. So often in the practice, we notice that Lucy is wearing also with her incredible outfit, a choker.
0: Yeah, she's big on the chokers.
1: The character Gia in Full House, also played by Marla Sokoloff, is always wearing a choker also. Which leads me to believe that maybe she brought the choker to the audition as personal style and the costume designer's like, yeah, let's go with the choker.
0: I think that's definitely possible. Also, it was the 90s.
1: Yes, so that would explain.
0: If you were under twenty-five, a choker was mandatory. Yes, though
1: that also explains
0: the slap bracelet.
1: (laughs) That was like eighties, wasn't it? Yeah, which was basically just tape measure that you slapped around your wrist. It's a. If you took the plastic off, it literally is tape measure.
11: Why did you ask me if I was
0: a lesbian? You can say it. A lesbian. Rebecca, this is not a good look on you.
7: Truth? No Lucy lie. You can tell the truth when we're close. I was just curious. You got no guy in your life with a rump like yours? Plus the crop cut butchie do hair. I mean, it looks good. Wow. But I have butchy do hair.
0: Uh, this is not a question, aging Rebecca. well. Kind They're of like us. Best friends
7: are lesbians. Today, it's almost the thing to be. Well,
1: well that hasn't changed. Ouch. Lesbianism <laughs> is very in right now, Keith.
0: Uh, how about embracing of people who are naturally a lesbian is in right now oh it's I, not a bad damn it you're right
1: you're right so is it okay to say butchy do haircut <laughs> I think i've I'm never heard go that n- before i'm
7: not one thank you very much not one, you don't have to deny it on principle
2: it's Dolly like and fried and dole yes dole that name's been moving up around here Excuse
0: Lucy's me. Never mind. No, forget, never trying to be mind. What's on the right side, but doing again. it in like the worst possible way.
1: It also, I, I, we just talked over it a little bit, but I think she's also antagonizing this little
0: cat fight. Right, of course. Just because. Young
1: and
2: Fried. And Dole. Yes, Dole. That name's been moving up around here. Excuse me? Never mind. Listen, no, forget, never
9: mind. What's that supposed to mean? They're going to fight oh, again. Okay. Lucy. What's Lucy. your problem, Eleanor? My problem? Yes, your problem. Besides me, do you have a legitimate uh, problem? Oh, cut it out! God,
11: you guys are both acting like kids.
0: You're right. Cut it you. out. What's wrong? Be adults. This is not becoming of your characters. In open court?
5: Yes. It'll be public record. It's public record now. Jerry, if we don't agree, you could go to trial yourself and you could get convicted. And what they're offering, you could have a clean slate by the end of the day. And they'll conceal my name. First and middle initials, best we can do. Um, you could testify in. Incognito. You mean. Incognito, like I was arrested. Incognito?
8: Yeah, wearing a Let's dress. Let's
5: not kid ourselves. It. The likelihood is it's going to get out. Oh. That but,
0: is. But maybe absurd. there's
5: a chance. You know, I didn't recognize you in the cell, and I've known you for 20 years. Testify in drag. We're
0: old friends. Everyone is the old right friends. Where we go
5: but
8: I don't know you haven't even asked me I don't need to know I
1: need you to know okay I'm very interested to see how they play the gender politics here because yeah well it's yeah he, go used, ahead. The, he used the term in drag you know what I mean which is, very, right. which is very specific. It takes his sexuality pretty much out of it. Right. Well, not necessarily. As we know, there it is. There are much, many more nuances than I think probably the broad strokes that they're going to play here. But it's very interesting to see how. I mean, David e. Kelly wrote the show. He wrote the episode. So there's clearly somewhere or some point he's trying to make, and I'm interested to see how. That's well,
0: gonna I, go. I, I I think you made a you make a really good point there because. Between 1999 and today, obviously these things have been true since the beginning of time, but our, our societal awareness of the difference between a drag performer and a trans person and someone who who just likes wearing opposite clothes without, I mean, it's not even opposite anymore. It's like people who like to wear traditionally female clothes and that those are all entirely separate and, and And gay is entirely separate from that. And it's like that there's a thousand different types of these things. But in the 90s, it was all like sort of the same, like weird thing. And this entire storyline is based on a shame system that, at least in our world, hopefully doesn't exist that much anymore. Where the ideally the issue here is if there was some sort of a sexual act he'd have to talk about that with his wife but how he dresses who gives a shit and hopefully his wife wouldn't give a shit either But the prostitution angle is probably yeah that's an issue That, that I think you should talk about with your wife that sounds like a problem but what he was wearing when he did it who cares
8: I like wearing the clothes going out wearing the clothes but I am not gay and I've never I I just I just would go out wearing the clothes I've never performed a sexual act on a man I've never solicited anybody
5: I am not a male prostitute then why did you go in a room with Gilbert Carr
8: he came up to me said he wanted to look at me while he um That he wanted me to talk to him, but I wouldn't have to touch him or anything.
1: So he got Louis C.K.'d? He got reversed yeah.
0: Louis ck He got, well, yes. It, the, the, the DA wanted to Louis C.K. him, yes. Which,
8: I don't know why I
0: said Now it becomes a sexual act, and depending on what the rules are in his marriage he's run, running into some problems there, but you know the specifics of it aren't important it's interesting too because it's it's still f- beneficial to him fiscally which seems to be unnecessary d- due to his line of work well right that's that's where it gets i mean it, it, that's where it gets dicey legally see like like morally depending on what i mean if your wife would have a problem with you doing that you're into a moral issue because it is certainly going into some sort of a sexual act here and legally, once there's money on the table, it gets into that issue. It's it's murkier than it would seem at the uh, on the offset. Outset. Yeah,
1: it is interesting. It's so funny too here that you know, at least they've they've set up a pretty clear uh, picture of what the situation is. So he seems to be, at least the way he tells it, a heterosexual male who just enjoys cross dressing. So I guess we would. I guess the label is he's a crossdresser, a hetero assist heterosexual crossdresser. But I, guess,
0: I don't know if cro- I guess cross y- is cross yeah, term? I don't know. I don't know.
1: Yeah. So I, I I mean no offense by that. I'm just trying to parse it out. Yeah. No. I don't. I don't know either. But it does seem here that it's not so much it's the sexuality confusion that he's concerned about getting out. He doesn't want people to think he's homosexual.
0: Right, so it's based on this, like, shame structure that, like, for me, the issue was not whether who you like to sleep with, it's that you might have been cheating on your wife.
1: Interestingly, though, maybe not interestingly, confusingly, why did did Eugene, we've talked so much, I've lost the thread, why did Eugene recommend he testify in court dressed as a woman, or dressed in women's clothing?
0: Because he's trying to hide his identity... From the outside world oh, okay. he doesn't want the outside world and he's kids he doesn't want his kids to know that he was in the situation which i I, I understand mm-hmm. I mean I wouldn't you know if you're cheating on your wife or you're performing ambiguously possible prostitution I understand wanting to keep that quiet but I think unfortunately that the, the th- what he's worried about is the sexual identity shame Death. structure that's been built oh, wow.
8: I like I like to be looked at in the clothes. I, I, I don't, I'm not
5: a male hooker. I think we should cut the deal. First, I uh,
8: I gotta talk to my wife. He does look great in drag.
2: When you defend a cigarette company, you help them to go on making them. On principle, I would never do that. I totally get it. But with asbestos, they're not still putting that stuff out there. It's representing somebody for something they did in the past. It's exactly what we do with our criminal cases.
3: Yes, with a couple of very big exceptions. First, in criminal cases, you're not just defending a client. You're playing a role in the system. You're safeguarding the Constitution. Okay,
2: this is a brand new conference table. Please don't make me puke on it.
3: Are you the only one who gets to talk? There is a principle at work in criminal law. I know you know that. There's no such purpose going on in asbestos defense work.
9: And the defense itself victimizes people. It's it's stall tactics against people who have suffered real injuries. That's true in any
2: defense work. Every product liability defense is drag and stall. We are right back to hypocrisy. Are we ready to declare right now that we will never represent defendants in product liability cases?
5: You really want to be an asbestos lawyer?
2: This is one client, a very big paying client, that maybe will help subsidize us in defending some of our more worthy causes. Now you sound like a congressman. Lindsay! We've hashed this out long enough. Why don't we vote? Hold on, I think everybody's biggest worry is that this work will consume us. So here's the trade-off. We take the client and I will farm out all of the work to other firms.
5: But you're the one they want to try the cases. Isn't
0: that the point?
2: I can supervise all of the discovery and then we get to fee split. None of you will ever even have to look at a file.
0: It's I think it's deal. a really interesting dilemma. All in favor. All right, hold on before they down. vote. Degs, what's your vote?
1: Fee split. It's a lot of money. Our reputation's already in the shitter. No, I couldn't do it.
0: I think it's it's an interesting dilemma because you're obviously you're you're worried about your reputation, you're worried about the morality, and at the same time you're also running a business, mm-hmm. a business of defending often shitty people, serial killers and such. But uh, you know, and and I think it's super clear about like a tobacco company like wouldn't take a tobacco company this is a little murkier i think i wouldn't necessarily dismiss it offhand because it's an asbestos company i think it would be how did that company behave throughout this whole process are they unethical in how they have dealt with the asbestos part so i need more information before i can vote
1: Okay, well, unfortunately, we're having the vote, so...
0: Shit! Oh, God! <laughs> so you're not getting that information. Oh, uh, I'm going to Tulsi Gabbard it. I'm just going to vote present. No? Okay, fair.
1: All right. So that means Bobby and Lindsay are going to vote against, which makes it a tie, because Bobby gets two votes, and then his vote counts, he gets... to disp- also break the tie so he's gonna have to side with his new hookup
0: dude you have diagnosed
1: this episode that's my that was my prediction Ooh, against
0: you should do this on a podcast that's three to three
3: i decide tiebreakers we reject the client
0: wow oh
2: shit one of the things about being a partner is you get to bring in clients
3: subject to a partnership vote.
1: Yeah, don't be a sore loser.
7: Eugene, Gilbert Carr's lawyer is here. He wants to talk. I showed him into your office.
6: Hmm. Awkward. I was hoping, in addition to introducing myself, we might agree to coordinate our respective defenses.
5: Uh, let me stop you. Uh, we've been approached by the DA. There seems to be an occasion where they'd like the Jane to flip to John, so. That
6: would be politics.
5: This I know, but since the politics run in my client's favor...
6: I won't presume to tell you what to do, but what happened in that room, the police can't prove.
5: They were followed up, 600 bucks on the table, and your client had his pants down.
6: None of which constitutes a crime. They can't get a conviction without the cooperation of one of the defendants.
5: This may be true, but why
6: risk it? Uh, We're being offered immunity. Immunity from criminal prosecution? The court of public opinion might be less forgiving. Meaning? Gilbert Carr is running for district attorney. A prosecution against him comes with a big microscope. Anybody who falls under it... Is that a threat? All I'm saying is there's no need to turn this into a spectacle. I believe in time. I can make the whole matter dissipate. But if your client takes a stand this afternoon at the probable cause hearing, I'm sure you can appreciate that I'd have no choice but to use my best efforts to discredit him. What are you going to do?
1: Keith, we've got office politics... And we've got real politics.
0: Politics, politics. And an, an interesting little tête-à-tête here, because we have both sides have the other side over a barrel a little bit.
1: So what you're saying is that everything's a quid pro quo? It no quid quo quo.
0: <laughs> I did it wrong. <laughs> Let me go assassinate somebody so nobody notices. <laughs> I said par cashmo. It's all quid. No, (laughs) bro!
5: Get him to admit on the stand that instead of your basic transvestite, he's actually a respected stockbroker? That won't discredit him. If anything, it makes him more believable.
6: I don't want to be just a basic transvestite. I could ask him his real name. Let me do
5: you a favor and tell you something about Jerry Green. He's a decent guy, and as of right now, he has no real interest in hurting your client. But cross him, sexual proclivities aside. He's one of the most principled people I know, and extortion isn't something he'd warm up to.
6: Do you know the stakes here, counsel?
5: Do me a favor, Mr. Cameron When the DA passes the witness, don't get up. You oh. just
6: got Eugene. The turn back. I will. Get up, Mr. Young.
5: You hurt my client, I'll bury yours.
0: And at the conclusion of that scene, because we had feedback, it's time for... I know that lawyer from somewhere! That lawyer in the epic showdown with Eugene is played by Bruce McCarty. From Spy Game, Law & Order, he was a different attorney on Ally McBeal, and the movie Love Potion Number 9. Love
1: Potion Number 9. Thank you. We have an angry Eleanor.
3: I'll talk to her. Right now, I'm late for a settlement conference.
11: Uh, Bobby, that vote. You're getting two votes okay, but you're also getting to be tiebreaker.
0: It's in the partnership agreement, Rebecca.
11: Maybe so, but this alliance with Lindsay
1: isn't.
0: Here we go, Rebecca D. Cricket.
1: Okay. Well, you created that conflict of interest. That's why Lindsay said they shouldn't get involved. So it's clear. But they all, Bobby didn't have to open this up to partners. Everybody signed the partnership agreement. It's bullshit to make an assumption that he voted against just to be with Lindsay.
0: Well, I think as she's going to point out in like three seconds, the perception also, is relevant even if that's not exactly what happened.
2: Yeah, well, they were
1: banging before. The perception is prevailing.
0: Well, I think this goes down to "Don't bang your boss." What? You a couple or your subordinates? I think it's great. But it also sets up
1: kind of a power base. Lindsay- that only applies to people who are. We who can bang everyone at any time. <laughs> free oh, to vote pull her those way, out, and
11: folks. Make well, that your ringtone. Well, the ring the tone. problem is a perceived <laughs> one, but it's still a problem with Eugene as well as Eleanor. And you, Bobby? I'm just telling you because I think you should know what's going on.
3: Okay. Thanks.
11: Um, can I ask you something? I mean, I, I, I know you have to oh, rush God. off, but... What's wrong? Well,
1: not- is she going to ask him if she looks like a lesbian?
0: Well, I mean, if this I mean, storyline um, is as homophobic as we all think it day. is... There it is. Excuse me? Oh,
11: Lucy wondered if I'm a lesbian because of my haircut and, and how I dress. I don't know.
3: And you took her seriously. No, Meanwhile, in but this episode, you know, I, I, I she looks thinking, crazy you know,
11: hot. can't remember the last time a guy... I,
0: I object. I mean, she, uh, she is objectively attractive in this outfit.
11: <laughs> me out, any girl, Oh God, I just me me I mean, I, I may not be beautiful. Keith is, he is thirsty. thirsty. But I'm not bad, am I bad?
3: Well, Rebecca, You are beautiful. Are you
11: kidding me? Do I look a or something?
3: Rebecca.
11: How come I never get asked out? Because you'll never
3: leave this
1: place, that's why. What
0: you look is a little homophobic. Forget about it, no. How come you've never kissed me, Bobby? You kissed Lucy. That's true. He's literally kissed everybody except for her and Cameron. Mm. And Eleanor. No, I won't forget. We don't know what's happened with Jimmy, but... We can assume. I do assume.
10: He's going to go drag?
5: Well, anything to reduce the chance of him being recognized.
10: Eugene, I'm willing to go initials and no address and all, but come on, let's face it. The whole idea from our side is publicity. To
5: embarrass Carr, not Jerry.
10: Even so, I mean, are you being realistic about preserving this guy's anonymity? Maybe not.
0: P.S. Hold on. So, she just admitted to Eugene that her office is doing this for publicity. for publicity i.e. politics her telling the firm all of the shitty politics of her office just got her plan bead on the stand like two episodes ago you'd think she'd maybe be a little more careful with just saying oh yeah my office is prosecuting this person for political like She's, she's getting in Ukraine to investigate Biden here and just full on set it To Eugene
1: mm. You're going up against Helen Gamble Helen Gamble
0: Hel- Wait, Helen Gamble Oh no, we're in for it
1: How oh. long you known him
5: We played high school ball together. He's a good man He really is
10: I'll try to keep it short
1: Susan. Oh boy.
10: Hey, Eugene. That's Susan
1: gotta be his wife. The wife.
5: Yep. I'm sorry.
7: Where is he?
1: Oh no, he's he
5: coming he'd in. You said coming in with you. We brought him in the back. Uh, with any luck, we might be able to preserve his real identity. It, it, it might not be smart for you to be in the room. Somebody might connect. I'll to be in
7: the room. I'll stay in the back.
1: Oh, so she's she's up to speed on the situation.
0: Yes. She I knows thought he what's... was, like,
1: protecting her, but I guess he's protecting his reputation more so. No, because
0: he said in the last scene, I need to talk to my wife. Right. Right. And uh, while we're stopped... <laughs> You know, I feel like your your level of effort on the "Who's That" have been, you know, it have been dropping just a hair, just a you hair. You know,
1: it's because I feel like it's a little bit of the fun was taken out of it. Now that we have to wait till the end, we can't just like play the music whenever, however, <laughs> and disrupt everything.
0: <laughs> Look, we still can't. I was
1: motivated by the disruption, Keith. You know what? Do it again. Play it again.
0: Okay. All right. Ah!
1: woman who's getting dragged into this
0: oh no come on pretty good <laughs> but i'm chill. but i'm chill. well we <laughs> oh man we have really interrupted this scene all right uh this woman is played by d hennigan from hope floats wishbone and walker texas ranger
1: oh is that show still on <laughs>
0: uh no walker texas rangers definitely not salon they were talking about doing a reboot with uh jared padalecki
1: you tell me that chuck norris doesn't have a show right now
0: uh no chuck norris is just sitting around somewhere being republican oh man i am sorry
1: me too oh no
4: you ready to go on this?
10: I'm not going to dog and pony him, Scott.
4: Helen, Gilbert Carr engaged a prostitute. He broke the law. Just be a vigilant district attorney. You don't have to distract yourself with the idea of what would happen should he win this election and decide to clean house.
10: I'll prosecute this man because, like you say, he broke the That's law. That's
0: a threat. That's all I ask. Captain Jellico might not be the most moral person.
5: So I'm not going to testify in drag? I'm suddenly thinking it'll create interest in your identity.
0: You think? (laughs) Plus what? You're suddenly thinking that? Gilbert
5: Carr's lawyer could come after you. Probable cause hearings, defense attorneys usually hold back. But he might not.
7: Can't you stop him?
5: Well, Jerry's a witness in there. He's not on trial, which means you don't get counsel, which means I can't protect you. What about the district attorney? She can protect me, right? Well, Eugene, I'm getting a bad feeling here. Look, Helen Gamble is a friend, but my firm has torpedoed her a few times.
1: Helen Gamble?
5: Now, I, I, I think Gamble? she'll be sympathetic to us in there, but I guess what I'm saying is she doesn't owe us any favors.
0: Yeah, she definitely does not, isn't it?
5: My kids, people at work. Look, I can't promise that it won't be.
11: Why don't we just kill the deal?
5: Cuz I don't think it'll solve anything. Why don't we just kill the DA? At least Wait, this no. way, you don't get prosecuted yourself.
1: Yeah, let's let's get back to that. How about? Yeah, granted, maybe you don't want certain people to know certain things, but how about it's better than having it on your record that you got arrested for yeah. prostitution.
0: Well, also, like, can we talk about the merits of the case? Like, was he actually being a pro? Was he actually prostituting himself in this situation?
1: Well it didn't sound like he was in it for the sex or and because he even he even i mean this is going from the very small scene we saw but it seemed like he only said yes or agreed to it because there would be no actual sexual intercourse and b he likes being observed in the dress
0: but but it's still a sexual act fair. even if you don't touch another person
1: fair and they did find $600 on the table so it does it's not like he rejected the money so it does sound like
0: I mean, it's getting really it's 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 starting to go into that territory. I mean, obviously didn't need the money, but maybe performing the the act of a prostitute gets him off in a certain way and like I I, I don't know, like it seems seems like we're there. Well,
1: let's let's agree to say that if it isn't prostitution, it's prostitutey.
0: Prostitute-ish is the term. Okay, yes. Honey.
8: Honey, I'm sorry. I just... I don't...
1: Slap! Hazard pay.
0: Justified for the cheating. Ugh. Lindsay and Elle are gonna fight some more. For no reason.
1: Oh, they bumped into
2: each other. Sorry. Right. Excuse me? I have been. You have been what? Excusing you. Maybe we should go into the conference room and discuss a few things.
9: Maybe we should. I can take the minutes. Quiet.
2: Lucy. Lucy. Keep everybody else out. Can you do that?
0: Why are you fighting? After you. There's zero reason for them to Like, alright, stop right here. Mike and Daglio. Mm-hmm. Uh, you have seen every episode of the practice up to this point. Mm-hmm. Right? You uh actually are the co-host of a podcast dedicated to the practice you have now recorded 86 hours of the practice related nonsense
1: that's that's depressing i think that might just
0: shut the show down right now (laughs) (laughs) everyone is doing the math and realizing we've just stolen almost four days of their lives so but here's my question what are they fighting about?
1: I don't know. I, I would say that if in this
0: particular argument, no, but I mean in general, why like what is it that they're mad at each other about?
1: Well, I mean, it, she's hooking up with the boss who Eleanor goes way back with. I could see that being some a source of actual tension.
0: but at no point are they talking about that yeah well i mean that would be i mean in the in the context of the show let's say you're like what do you think david e kelly wants you to think they're fighting about right now
1: that's a tough one i mean eleanor's argument should be twofold one this is what you've wanted from the beginning you wanted us to make more money you wanted us to like get a reputation you wanted us to get some corporate clients here's the opportunity but because it's my dis- because it's something i chose you're poo-pooing it because you right, want but
0: th- yeah so like that gets to the point like they don't like each other so this conflict is weird but why don't they like each other
1: yeah i, I don't know it seemed i i think eleanor has made reference in past episodes that Lindsay acts like she's in charge when she's not
0: Okay. Sure. So there's,
1: that's about it. That's all I can come up with. And she's hooking up with the boss, so she's got this complex.
0: But they so never. So what does Lindsay have against Eleanor then? What has Eleanor done to antagonize Lindsay? This entire series. I don't know, Keith. Well, you, you want to argue about it? Yeah. Let's, let's get into a big argument. God damn
1: it! Let's step what, into my, always... Let's step into the conference room.
0: Let's get into a big fight
1: about nothing for no reason. Well, what I want to know is if we could go as far as having Bobby hang somebody out a window. Why doesn't somebody body slam? Let's—I mean, let them fight. If you want them to fight, let them like suplex or something.
0: Let's have a yeah, fight. Yeah, but when when Bobby threw the guy out the window, there was a reason. Look, sometimes people don't like each other, Keith. I don't know what you, why do we all have to be friends. I but you gotta have a re. What I'm objecting to is like. This all of this just feels like some sort of weird, like, bitches be fighting thing that okay. he doesn't have to justify why women fight each other. They just do. They don't have to for a reason. They just can't be in a room together without fighting, oh, which I just find a little offensive.
1: Okay, Keith is fighting for women again. Everybody, everybody, let's buckle in because Keith, the feminist warrior, is here. And he hates it when women fight. If you don't have a reason to fight, you are you better like each other. You better not bring that shit <laughs> to a podcast where somebody just said bitches be fighting. <laughs>
0: <laughs> you know, I'm a Star Trek fan. The characters don't fight each other on Star Trek. No, they just set their phasers to stun. Yeah.
2: Just see this here. Do you know what this is, Lindsay? A table. It's not just a table. It's a piece of across the street. The high-rise firms with the big clients and the, the libraries and the computers. Clients who don't kill people. It is a piece of across the street that you have been chasing. True. Bobby, I knew his vote. He has some success phobia that none of us will ever understand, but you... Also true. This new client is exactly our ticket to admission to the other world that you want. And by you voting to turn it down tells me that you are either more concerned with your own success than that of the firms, or you are suddenly under the influence of Bobby's bed covers. Either way, I have got a big problem. So I think that that is pretty, ex- that is a,
1: that is a justifiable reason to be pissed for, from Eleanor.
0: Yeah, no, I, and like, it, it's not that I don't understand what they're fighting about in this episode. I just don't know what they're fighting about in general
1: fair that is that is much more fair
0: yeah that's what i mean
1: are
9: you done for now first of all this table never represented a world where we represent that isn't what you said you were done It has nothing to do with this client you said you were done
2: You just don't like the idea of anyone besides you bringing in a blue chip. It's about the client.
9: We don't have to do it forever. It's not who we are. It's not who you are, unless you're under some new influence. please, don't Don't tell me who I am. Are you somebody who wants to cross-examine widows every day saying, hey, maybe your husband had the flu? Flu. You have never even tried one of these cases. Every day, your job will be to wear them
2: down. I don't care. You'll be the victim eventually. We have to live up to Lindsay Dole's moral standards of what cases we take or not. Nothing to do.
1: Improv, right? Or is this all scripted?
0: Oh, it has to be improv. Like yeah. that would be a really long monologue to. uh
7: <laughs>
0: yeah.
5: me
7: you, Bobby, the the day don't I, I
3: let you judge me your will be the the Hey,
7: I tried keeping him out. Honest,
3: Eleanor, in my office.
2: Oh, go to hell!
7: That was rude. You <laughs> see.
2: Sir,
10: calling your attention to the evening of January 1st, 1999, did you encounter anybody sitting in this courtroom?
8: The defendant.
10: The record will reflect the has indicated Mr. Gilbert Carr. Could you describe that encounter?
8: I was walking on uh, Columbus Avenue about 10.30 and he pulled up in his car and invited me to get in.
10: You were dressed as a woman? Yes. And when he invited you in his car, you got in?
8: Not at first. Uh, but eventually, I got in, and we drove to an apartment. Went inside.
10: And when you got inside, what happened then?
8: He removed his trousers and his underwear. He said he just wanted to look at me for a minute, which he did. Then,
1: uh, it seemed so innocent.
8: He asked me to serve my country.
10: Wait, serve your country.
8: wanted me to sing the National Anthem while he sexually gratified himself.
1: Did he give you... David E. Kelly! (laughs) (laughs) Do you think it's just like a... a, Sometimes I think it's just a bet he has with friends. They're like, okay, I want you to work into the episode, someone masturbating while someone else
0: is singing the National Anthem.
1: Keith, it actually reminds me of your college roommate.
0: (laughs) Yeah, he did not ask me to sing.
1: Oh, he was just looking up the national anthem on YouTube on your computer?
0: Look, I I have standards. If you are going to gratify yourself while I sing, I will only sing O Canada. Yeah.
10: It's patriotic. Money to do this. Yeah.
0: he put $600
8: on the table.
1: Did you do- Okay. I mean this with all due respect. Okay. If someone asked you, Keith... To sing the national anthem, and we all love your voice. Let's say someone asked you to sing the the out of practice podcast theme song. Oh, Canada! For six hundred dollars, while they masturbated, you didn't have to watch them masturbate. You could turn the other way. Would you consider that?
0: Uh, I think that would be a no. I think that would be a hard no, because uh, because that would be. I would consider that. Participating in a two-person sexual act, and I think that would be that would be cheating on uh, my wife because you knew about it. Now, if someone was just
1: listening to your album "Momentum," available on all streaming platforms, while pleasuring themselves, that's not two. It's not a two-way street. Is that why it's okay? Uh,
0: I well, I, I have a couple objections to that. One, I believe uh, it would be impossible to pleasure yourself <laughs> during, during that album. <laughs> As I have proven my entire life, my musical career is like an anti-sex ray. So, not possible. But, uh, if if you happen to have that proclivity and I'm not involved, go to fucking town. But please download it. Buy it from iTunes or Amazon uh, so I get some royalties on it because that would be really... uh, That'd be useful, but yes if it, it, the 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 part I object to a six hundred dollars would not be enough for me to do that even if Does my wife were the on national board anthem? while someone gratified themselves through a door yeah, through a door that's just <laughs> creepy and weird six thousand let's talk oh no. momentum now available
1: on all streaming services the most sexually uninspiring album of the year. <laughs> Do what
10: he
0: asked. You will not have sex to it.
1: And
10: while you sang, did he in fact sexually? Grab-
1: oh my God, she's going to hate me for telling this story. But I have to do say, I do have to say, when I was first courting my wife, hold on, I'm, I'm deciding that <laughs> I, yes, I do. I will tell the story.
0: When I was courting she, my wife, she doesn't listen this far into the episode, never, does she?
1: I was courting my wife. We were uh, uh, making out. Oh, I Can't one time. wait um to an out to a, a playlist that the embarrassing part was that the playlist was called indie makeout was the name of the, the name of the playlist
0: it was called boner jam
1: <laughs> anyway we were like you know so things were happening and we're like you know we're we're doing a little uh louis ck and and uh, wait what why would i say that wait
0: so she was <laughs> A poor comedian just trying to make it in this business, and you were assaulting her with your Irish dick?
1: No, anyway, so we're making out, and uh, Josh Groban comes on. And I find Josh Groban... You mean
0: Josh Gropan?
1: Yeah, I find Josh Groban, well, very talented. I just don't find his voice... I, I don't know, it's like an anti... I don't find... I don't like it. I don't like Josh Groban's voice. I know it's wonderful. For some reason, it just strikes me cold. To the point where I had to stop making out with this girl that I was, like, into, get up, and go change the music, just so that I didn't have to make out to Josh Groban. So what I'm saying is that you could be the new Josh Groban in my romantic life, Keith.
0: There's just so much to unpack. We don't have time.
1: <laughs> You're right.
10: you right. himself? Yes. Sir... Could you step out and show us how you were standing while you sang? Objection. I apologize, Your Honor, but I'm sure Mr. Cavern will try to convince us that his client simply hired Mr. Green to do a musical number.
0: Step out, Mr. Green. Uh, This is where you object, Eugene?
10: If I'm Gilbert Carr, where were you standing?
0: Oh, he's not allowed to.
1: Is Discovery? Right about
0: here.
10: And could you because sing for us the way you his sang for Mr. client is Carr. a
0: witness, not the client.
10: Mm. I'm sorry, Mr. Green, but we need to get an idea of what we're talking about here. Just a few bars, Your Honor.
0: This is despicable.
4: The witness will sing as he did that evening.
0: Helen. Jesus, what are you doing? Don't make me sing.
1: Don't make... At last... Wait, that's not, well, the we answer. know you'd do it. I guess that
0: that definitely answers the question of whether or not you'd do it for six hundred dollars, Mr. Green. <laughs> oh,
5: see, can you see? Why the dawn's really alive? Objection! I'm this man's lawyer. I object to this. This man
10: is not represented by counsel for the purpose of this hearing.
5: He is now. He cut a deal with the state, and I will advise him right now to withdraw it's that. It's a
0: little late.
5: I'm still doing it, Helen. All right,
4: I'm gonna sustain Mr. Young's objection. This isn't necessary. And you
0: should never have. Mr. You Young, allowed please it. sit down. Yeah, right. Mr. Young, The judge take just a said, "Go do it." That was despicable by Helen. We laughed through that kind of sad scene, but yeah.
10: I'm sorry, Mr. Green. I have nothing further, Your Honor.
6: Did you ever touch my client? No. My client ever touch you? Thank you. That's all.
1: So specific, he may have seen the national anthem.
0: Yeah, well, that that is a proclivity I think David E. Kelly might have invented. I
1: had to pay- you know what that reminds me of? Sorry to... I know it's a very serious matter, but it reminds me of this. Tell me if you can place this scene. Hmm.
0: Oh, Jesus, what are you doing to me?
1: <clears throat>
0: Wait for it.
10: I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands.
7: One, One nation indivisible, with <laughs> liberty and <laughs> justice <laughs> for
5: all.
1: It's the scene from Lampoon's Christmas Vacation where they ask her to say grace. The grandma to sing grace. Oh. <clears throat> I don't know why it made me think of that.
5: What picture are you picture. I was more than painting any damn picture. Hey, you made him sing the national anthem in front of a room full of people. I buried his name and his address. I stayed away from anything personal. So that was personal. What was? You stood him up there to get laughed at. Now, whether anybody ever finds out who he is or not, he has to live with what just happened in that room there. And don't tell me it didn't feel personal. Eugene, I did what I had to do. What I told you...
1: Oh, I yeah, you were did. just following orders, Helen. Good for you. I oh, mean, come you're on, a routine you plan b everybody in Boston.
10: Get out before
0: I call security. He's still right in this instance.
1: Yeah, but she held up her end of the bargain. She held his name back. She did everything she could. She was, she was in a pickle. A
0: pickle. But she humiliated that guy for politics. You ever been in a pickle, Keith? Truth is, right now... I'm kind of glad not I to be like a Not like that, partner. I haven't.
11: I know what you mean. Ever since... So- what? We were just
2: Nothing. talking. About what? Scott Oh boy. Jimmy, welcome to the episode. Hey. Where'd this come from? What? There's a medical bag on the floor right here.
7: No, ha ha! It's right here.
2: How'd this get here?
7: I don't know. We didn't get any deliveries. Come on,
5: this is a joke. Who did this?
7: It's not even his bag. Yeah, well, it's close enough. Open it. You open it. He's your
1: client. Okay, so if Lindsay did that, that's fucked up. If it's just a gag for us, the audience. You're right. That's stupid because we did it last week. Mm-hmm. I don't know a resolution to this bit that works on any level. Prove me Unless wrong. Unless there's
0: David. an actual head in there, that'd be fun. Yeah. He couldn't have got another date so fast.
1: Oh, bad Funny, Funny. Eleanor, open it. The dramatic underscoring does not fit.
0: It's a fake head on a spring. got you good, didn't I? Holy shit, Lucy did. Oh, hey, she took a swing at her.
7: It was a jump, for God's sakes. Everybody, go to hell.
1: Lucy, what the fuck is wrong with you? Seriously, Lucy, that was fucked up. A little funny, yes, but fucked up.
0: It's not the right time. No, you no, ten- tensions are is the pretty t- high. Timing, Lucy, Lucy is inexplicably antagonistic with literally everything that moves.
1: I can't believe that made the edit for the episode. I can't believe it. That nobody was like, that That beat feels out of place. And the underscoring felt even more out of place.
0: Well, there was obviously doing a misdirect, making us as an audience wonder if there's another head in there.
1: Yeah, but why? Uh, we but, know that Eleanor's pissed off. We know. We, we know. I,
0: uh, wait, it, she are, are we like,
1: talking about how Lucy's horrible? Keith, <laughs> do you hear that? Do you hear the sound of spare tires flying off?
0: <laughs> I, you know what I will give a lot of spare tires to? Uh, Eleanor's left hook. Yeah, great. Some great was good stunt, form.
1: stunt choreo. Well,
0: Don't worry, I, uh, I gift it. All right, you. Yeah, you did.
4: Pretty Judge good really form. Got...
0: Dude, landed. That would have hurt. Pretty good splash, huh?
10: Everything we wanted.
1: So Helen Gamble was successful that she got front-page news on the
0: DA's political opponent. And our poor guy, his big picture on the front of the paper, too.
5: You talk to people at work? Not yet. I feel like I let you down, Jerry. I'm
8: the one who put on those clothes and went out there. Don't feel sorry for me, Eugene. I did this to myself.
0: But, but that's not the kids. again the Your focus on the clothes as opposed to the prostitution.
5: Right. First, we got to get you some help. Your kids, Susan, me, we'll all be here for you.
0: What does he need help
1: for? His cross-dressing like, addiction, which I guess is a bad thing. I was thing.
7: just trying to break the tension.
3: Apparently, in this world. Head in a medical bag.
7: In time, you'll all laugh. Uh,
3: Lucy, remember Lucy. when I What's said you were working out just fine? You were lying? No, you're doing great, but maybe you can just pull back a little.
7: Oh. Okay.
1: What does that mean? Well, it means pretty much that the, the severed head in the medical bag was never funny.
0: Was maybe, maybe not the right call. That was a dead person. Yeah, yeah. There was a
3: there's a real oh, person involved. No, maybe you don't question people bluntly about their sexual identity.
7: I oh, knew yeah, it. Also, that she is one.
3: God. No, she isn't. But you see, right there, your response to me probably should have been just okay. Oh.
1: Measured, Bobby. Well done. Okay.
3: You don't always have to spice things up with your take.
1: Interestingly, though, the character was written and brought into the show to spice things up. Right. <laughs> Which is funny.
3: Like being... literally. Does that make sense? I guess. Great.
1: Oh, yeah, and about the sexual harassment when you made it. Can you it. ask
3: Eleanor to come on in?
1: Yeah. Sure. However, that
7: was actually Eleanor, some pretty but decent we'd like to see you in his office. And don't punch me. I'm just the messenger.
0: Lucy. she instantly disobeyed. <laughs> instantly. Which, to be fair, uh, she did try to assault her. That is true. Definitely a fireable
3: moment, and are not taking your new client. But to accuse Lindsay—oh,
2: what? She go running to her boyfriend?
3: I'm entitled to some respect from you, not just because I'm senior partner, but because I think I've earned it. I'm sorry. What's this about?
2: I'd like to earn some more money, Bobby. I'd like to buy a new car, some new clothes. The romance of the law is great, but after a while. All my classmates in law school have houses. I'm not ashamed to admit that I want to be able to buy things. And, and this client...
3: that it? Money? Most That's of totally it. fair.
1: Absolutely fair. And then there's her... Lindsay. Now, I will say, there is the option, Cameron, of joining a very popular, very lucrative practice podcast...
0: Oh yeah.
1: We need a female energy. Someone who's starred on the show. We definitely
0: profoundly need a female energy.
1: Someone who has starred on the show as a show expert would be welcomed, and we make Mm -hmm. a ton of money from our one sponsorship.
0: Right. So I'm just saying. Unfortunately, Eleanor, the fictional character, might need our help. Cameron, the actress, sure as hell doesn't.
1: Oh no, no, no. I wasn't inviting Cameron McIntosh.
0: Cameron McIntosh, the <laughs> producer of Les Mis. <laughs> I don't think he needs our money either. <laughs>
1: no, I wasn't inviting her on the podcast. I was inviting her as the character. onto the character Eleanor, the yes.
0: character on the podcast. So we, okay, would have to great. Pay, we
1: would have to pay Eleanor and also Cameron for portraying her. It'd be sort of a double dip for us. but
0: Right. Well, and David E. Kelly for the character payments.
1: Right. Although we would call her Schmelanor.
0: Shmelanor. Okay. No, we we will invite Shmelanor on the show.
2: I love her. Don't get me wrong. Do you? But this whole office expansion, everything, it was paid for mostly with her business. She's better than me. I know. Eleanor. Mm.
3: She's not better than you.
2: All the big clients that come through these doors come in asking for you or her. Not this one came in asking for me and it felt good and now that you and she and i am happy for that for both of you but this idea that she's the chosen child it just it doesn't help it any first
3: of all i'm not even going to dignify the suggestion that you take a backseat to her as a lawyer all the blue chips come in cared about what the blue chips thought you wouldn't wear 102 earrings second even if there were some legitimacy to all these feelings You're wrong to punish Lindsay, because you know she's not imposing anything on you. You know that, Eleanor.
0: See, that scene is what I want to see from these characters. Smart, reasonable people, passionately making reasonable points. Very human points. Yeah, it's like this character is being so unevenly written in this show that character who just had that conversation wouldn't be taking a swing at somebody in the office and wouldn't be in a weird fight for no reason.
1: Well, I mean, she can be both measured
0: and volatile. I mean, you can be both those things. You can if it's justified. But the the volatile part hasn't been justified.
1: Yeah, I I, I guess it's a little ham-fisted for sure. But I do like, I mean, to get past that, that criticism, which is absolutely apt... What I do like is that that is consistent. What what just happened is very consistent with from the very beginning. You know, she's felt unwanted both sexually and now professionally, and you know to see Lindsay getting everything she wants, getting the blue chip clients, getting the guy, getting X Y Z. Totally, think that, that's you know we could we could laugh that off as catty and, oh, look, she's just...
0: No, no, no. That, that I think, makes perfect sense.
1: Yes, right. I'm saying, we could, you could. It yeah. could be played in a way that it seems very catty and very girly fight. But when you have scenes like that between Bobby and Eleanor, it seems completely human, completely something we can all relate with.
0: Absolutely. Yeah, no, I'm, I love that scene. Really, we're just barely saying
1: that David E. Kelly is writing her inconsistently. That's the truth. That's what I'm saying. See new b-roll that, you see that everybody keith and i can also have measured grown-up conversations it's not all fart jokes and musical cues
0: you can have a measured conversation
1: <laughs> ah, b-roll all right and now after that measured argument let's have a man in a sequence sequence dress singing the national anthem in a courtroom
6: yeah Be
0: seated. Judge played by Herb Mitchell. We saw him as there was is no allegation
4: one. of any sexual contact, nor any evidence of money actually changing hands. I find the Commonwealth has failed to demonstrate probable cause for the arrest of Mr. Carr. The case is therefore dismissed with prejudice. The defendant.
1: So the lawyer who came into Eugene's office was right all along. Right. Could have kept his. He could have yeah. kept him out of it entirely.
0: It's so it would seem. Also, thank Street you Hurt Mitchell Did for the own? first decent Boston accent on the entire show.
4: it, <laughs> he's done to, though, right? Somebody Keep got to that judge. There is Damage no is way we didn't have probable cause. This is politics.
10: Imagine that.
4: Well, Helen,
10: it's still in the newspaper. We have to
4: prosecute the other guy now. Green.
10: We already gave him immunity.
4: Conditioned on our getting probable cause on Carr, we didn't get it.
10: I think we've put Jerry Green through quite enough. We didn't get PC. You only want to prosecute Green to keep flaming this
4: story. The man yeah. committed an but act of doing prostitution. Any of
10: Look, if we didn't get probable cause on Carr, we're not going to get it on Green.
4: Different judge, we will.
10: I won't do it.
4: Helen? I said I won't do
10: it hey, look at and you, you Helen. won't get any other district attorney to do it either. Age, and if you do but
0: yes good. I'll
10: go to the press with the truth about your political motives hey
1: that's a step down from I'll have people murdered that's true Don't threaten but this statement me.
0: should have been the first thing she I will said threaten
10: you. I am Before threatening idiots. you we just destroyed a man in that courtroom there's only so much politics I can stomach if it costs me my job
1: fine I'll go work for my ex-boyfriend and my roommate
10: you got your headline
1: (laughs) now go get a conscience
0: damn boss I mean yes I love the fact that she learned something I love the fact that she handled this better but like that righteous indignation I stopped doing the horrible thing so now I can lecture you like, it, it turns out Eugene was listening outside the door the whole time. He was. He was indeed. Oh, I got a really That's exciting the last scene thing for I you, Mike. I need is for
9: you to stick up for me. I wasn't sticking up for you. You totally off me? What's
1: that? I can fight my own battles.
3: I was talking to her as senior partner,
0: which I still
5: am.
1: So Bobby and Lindsay are nudie-nudie pants, brushing their teeth.
0: Who's Guys, it? we have a shirtless Bobby. Mike explodes.
1: Whose apartment are they at though? Do we know?
0: I would god, I would certainly hope it's Bobby's because that'd be uh, <laughs> awkward. And yeah, that doesn't change anything just
3: because You're not I'm- seen your partner here, Bobby. Well, let's put our clothes back on. We'll drive over to the office and we'll have the conversation
1: there. <sighs> what? He works out. They're treating oh, me differently
9: yeah. ever since don't you know, look like i'm helen in some trojan horse traffic.
1: that is your Mike is
0: thirsty he's thirsty i just i just timed that so you could stare at his mm-hmm. uh his chiseled chest for a bit while we talk talk <laughs> <laughs> Oh, say, can you see? Oh, Canada. My home and native land. Look, can you not handle this?
1: I only need it till okay. Because we can
3: go back to... (laughs) Oh, no. Is that
1: what you want? To go back?
9: No. It's causing a lot of... If you really want to go back.
1: He doesn't want to go back. I'll understand. I will. Keep there have been no fans in this episode.
0: That's true. Well, there's one on the on Jimmy's desk. My New Year's resolution we was only saw the corner. Why do I know that? To move ahead.
11: And everybody certainly thinks that was mine, don't
9: they?
0: You care what they think? Yes. But you care more about what I think, right?
3: I'm not going anywhere. I'd rather fire
9: you. To the last season then I have to go somewhere. you can't just fire me I'm a partner
1: yeah you are yeah you are no you are I I I like this room. let's keep
0: oh yeah oh gross Mike is thirsty that sound was me vomiting in my cup Snogging. Better put on that uh, that mixtape, the Josh Groban mixtape.
1: Oh, Josh Groban, it.
0: Ooh. Huh. Final tag. Helen is at a door. Because we have to go to people's houses. We. Everyone just show up at people's houses. Hi. There's a little boy. Is
10: your father home? Yeah.
1: Can I and come in for a second? Our... No, you can't
0: come in. Why would you come to my house? You just despicably maybe l- do a literal song and dance in court.
1: And why is this and- guy's house the front entrance to this guy's house the same as uh, Egon's house?
0: Everybody's house. <laughs> and
1: the other guy and the other
0: lady's house. They just have one house set on the back lot. <laughs> <sighs> Just put another knocker on it. Nobody will notice. Um, I don't think so.
10: Okay. Um, I came to apologize and uh, under the circumstances. I-
1: How, we should count. How many scenes have we had where the lawyer shows up at somebody's house to apologize and the person says no and then they walk away in sad underscoring?
0: Yeah, well, or they talk on the stoop because they didn't build the uh, the set into the house. <laughs>
1: Yeah, if you Just opened have up that door any wider, it's craft services and a couple of B- PAs. <laughs> I'd go for some craft I can imagine services.
10: how hollow mm-hmm.
0: that must sound.
10: What you I did in that the bagel room sandwich right now. Was that illegal.
0: Good? That sounds great.
10: But what I did in that bigger room... was unconscionable.
1: You've had people killed before.
10: I also yeah, know what distinguishes right. our actions and... Mine was more
0: a product of free will. Oh, see, the apology was going so I'm well there sorry. for a second, and then she implies that he couldn't help himself. There, yeah, because he has a, a a different different like sexual drive. He has no free will. So, like, if you're gay, you can't control yourself.
1: Should we just should we just rewind back to Bobby and Lindsay making out? <laughs>
0: I know what you're gonna do when we're done, but I won't be there. I believe you. Oh, I'll be listening to your album, Bucky. <laughs>
1: <laughs> That'll stop you? it. Good night, Miss Gamble. Meanwhile, Laura Flynn Boyle's giving us full tears. Full tears. Yeah,
0: she's given a great performance here, and we're. This entire episode, we've just been idiots over good performances. We're going to lose a star.
1: We definitely did not earn five stars today.
0: We did not, no.
1: But did the episode earn five spare tires? Ah, that's the question. And Keith, it's a question we can answer right away. Right away, because... Ladies and gentlemen... The Out of Practice Podcast, in unofficial, unsolicited, unfactual association with David E. Kelly Productions, proudly present... Oopsie! The Oopsies! Celebrating excellence in acting good, lawyering good, guesting good, and being Tom Brady. Not to mention... This is where we rate the episode and stuff. Now, here are your hosts, Keith and Mike. What the hell are the oopsies?
0: Well, I'll tell you, Jackie. There are fake awards, and our uh, fake awards always start with. Most valuable.
1: Before we do that, Keith, yeah, you know Jackie Hoffman, who may or may not appear at the end of that bumper, friend of the show, very big fan Unofficial. of yours, by the way, very big fan of yours.
0: Well, I'm, I'm pretty, uh, I don't know, I, I got nothing to say, I'm, I I exist. Uh, She did some stand-up
1: sets in San Francisco last week and brought us, my wife and I, back a souvenir. Oh, yeah? Would you like to see the souvenir and maybe you can describe it to our listeners?
0: I would, yes. It appears, to, oh, it is a waving <laughs> kitty doll. That's that's very sweet. And related to what, how? <laughs> no idea. <laughs> okay.
1: Jim was like, isn't it hilarious? I was like, yes. <laughs> I,
0: it, wait, there must be some sort of inside joke we're not aware of.
1: Yes. Way, way, or, way inside.
0: Or, or Jackie could just be doing something entirely as a non sequitur. And that's hilarious, too.
1: Now, Eleanor brought a $2 million, multi-million dollar client to the firm. So that would, in many ways put her up for the Most Valuable Lawyer Award. Unfortunately, the motion was voted down. It got rejected. Yes. Eugene's client was not prosecuted, and yet his life was thrown upside down.
0: Right. In, In the consequences, probably much larger than a standard, like, first offense prostitution case. So...
1: I'm going to pitch two possible nominees and I'm going to let you work out who's going to get our winner, okay? Okay. So I think that number one, you brought up a very, very important point some weeks back that it's not best lawyer, it's most valuable lawyer. Right. And in this case, Helen was able to tell her district attorney boss that she is not hell no I won't be doing these political things for you anymore. So she stood up after to
0: him. she did the big political thing. She did after she, she got the guy in the papers and it, it was it, it's a little bit like uh not colluding the second time.
1: Oh yeah, or calling out the collusion after you colluded. <laughs> right. <laughs> Just like you did. Uh <laughs> So but she perhaps but she let she drew the line in the sand so that moving forward, maybe she will be more principled.
0: Also, after she burned down the house, she was like, I am not burning that house down again. Correct.
1: Now, Bobby didn't do any actual lawyering, but as a lawyer, as the head lawyer at his firm, the head partner, he was able to quell, hopefully, the cat fight that has been tearing down the walls of the firm. By yeah. being measured, by being very bossy, by being so goddamn dreamy, and then lastly, that's all I got. I've got Bobby and 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 Helen, who actually were pretty actively terrible in the
0: episode in many ways. So, yeah. Well, Bobby didn't do any lawyering. He was a lawyer, and he did he did good bossing. Yeah, but, he but was it wasn't bossy, legal but he was bossing.
1: Lawyer. He was the boss lawyer.
0: Oh, boy, this is a tough one. We do it's not tough because have... nobody
1: really. There wasn't a lot of great litigation that took place. All right. Okay. Eugene tried to cut a deal, and the deal was worse off.
0: Yeah, he blew it. Okay. All right. Well, I, I unless know you who got who a. Do, do you have a, a dark horse that I? I will give you my dark horse, because the first, the first rule in lawyering is do no harm. Everyone we have talked about has done harm, except for Jimmy Berluti. Fucked up nothing. That's true. He was a lawyer. He was probably doing lawyery shit. And he didn't nothing even. Got he didn't even up.
1: vote in the very contentious.
0: He didn't even vote in there. I like it,
1: Jimmy Berluti, for his sheer ambivalence or his sheer non-appearance in the episode. <laughs>
0: Jimmy Berluti, Michael Batalucco, who might have been filming something else that week and could only shoot for an hour. Congratulations on your MVL just for not fucking something up. Uh, amazing. All right, it is time for already famous because you've been on TV, getting a paycheck. Your first entry on your IMDb. Way, Way to go! go. But you're the best guest actor. The episode.
1: All right, so as I read it, we've got Michael Storm as asbestos representative. We've got Bruce McCarty as Attorney Cameron, uh, Herb Mitchell as Judge Rodney White, and Tim mm-hmm. Decay as Jerry Green. Oh, and of course, uh, Ronnie Cox as DA Scott. And Ronnie Cox, yeah. He was pretty great, actually, in the episode for his, his limited appearances. We had two little bitey scenes. He did. I think uh, Tim Decay was not giving the most... Uh, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? I'm trying to cut David E. Kelly some slack. It wasn't the most socially conscious uh, writing, but I thought Tim did a great job with what he had, so I think he wins. <laughs> <laughs> Wow. I could have oh, written man. a dissertation on that.
0: Oh, boy. I, I should have <laughs> rolled the closing time bumper before that. <laughs> uh, Even coming well, you,
1: out of my own mouth, I thought to myself, how uneducated does that person sound?
0: <laughs> no, you know, I, I will say this, and this is sort of like a thing for later, but for David E. Cal, I I believe it was socially conscious writing. I think it was just socially out of its time or of its, its time. time was out of, uh, of its time that I think he was trying to be compassionate and trying to, to actually tell a decent, decently intended story here. I just think it was just a little bit behind where we are today. Uh, but to answer the question, yes, Tim Decay, I thought, gave a really good job, added a lot of humanity to that character. Uh, did it? Yeah, totally. I think Tim Decay, congratulations on your best guest actor. Oopsie. Which brings us to... You killed your podiatrist or blew the case but you let a single tear run down your face. You're the best actor on the show.
1: This is a little more complicated because I think that Cameron was written a little uneven as you brought up. But everything she does, she does as gold. That scene with Bobby was gold. Even the seen in the conference room, was great.
0: No, she she's entirely committed. And yeah. she was committed to the punch. She landed that, somebody would die. Yes.
1: So she's definitely on the list. I thought, uh, oh my god. Lara I, Flynn Boyle. Lara Flynn Boyle was was excellent. And, you know, she cried, so. She did. So that that is kind of the rule. And, you know, you and I love conflicted performances. People who are really going through the ringer. I think i also thought that dylan mcdermott was great in this episode and i loved everything kelly williams does as well i even liked their little romance scene that was i know you makes we
0: know you like the romance scene
1: i know it makes you want to vomit but you know she played a vulnerability there that i thought was pretty beautiful you know she wants do you want to end this do you want to do you want to go back you know i thought it was really sincere really
0: tugged at my heartstrings keith you know what tugs at my heartstrings? You get into an answer, because kickoff's starting in like five minutes. Let's go! Uh, Laura Flynn Boyle. <laughs> Lara Flynn Boyle. Okay, yeah, no, I, I think that's, my, my plan was to split it, uh, either with Cameron or Lara. So I will split and give my half to Cameron, uh, for that left hook alone. Look mm. for that gif. So congratulations, Lara Flynn Boyle and Cameron Manheim, with your split oopsies. Bills, Texas. Who you brings, got? Which which? Uh, Bills. I'm rooting for the Bills. I think in a situation like this, I got to go with the home, home team, team yeah. uh, unless there is a mismatch. So I'm probably gonna say Deshaun Watson takes it off. Plus, the Bills don't have you uh, know as as much experience in the playoffs, so they could choke, but we'll see. Anyway, but speaking of sports ball the tom brady award for being tom brady
1: we're all pulling for you tonight tommy
0: yeah boy i i really hope next week i can give randon ryan Tannehill the tom brady award for beating tom brady Mm. but But until then tom brady continues Uh, to be tom brady congratulations tom brady existing as tom brady and now it's time ladies and gentlemen it's time to announce how many spare tires this episode gets.
1: Uh, it took a swing, you know. It swung. It swung. <laughs> it did.
0: With... No, it totally did.
1: Uh, but it 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 hit a weak grounder.
0: Yeah. S- six stars. Six stars. No, I think that's fair. I I, I think the six tires. It's it's well. It's well-intentioned, but uneven, mm-hmm. and sometimes executed well, and sometimes executed pretty poorly. And, um, you
1: know, you know, uneven tires, Keith, really bad for the alignment.
0: Bad for the alignment. It's bad news. You don't want uneven tires. Uh, so it's, I didn't hate the episode. When I first saw the guy in drag, I was like, oh, fuck. This is going to be a nightmare, and it really wasn't. It, it, there was some, there was some stuff there that was a little icky, but it was not the shit show I expected it to be. And I think it gets redeemed a little bit by Cameron's scene with with Bobby, where we saw sort of where she was coming from, and I thought that was well crafted. I liked that. So I'm going to six point two five. You don't think that
1: .25 can get lopped off for the terrible head in a bag? revisit
0: this. no it would have been a 6.5 had it not oh, okay had, had it not then so congratulations to this show for getting some amount of tires between six and 6.25 tires <laughs> all right folks you have wasted now 86 hours of your life listening to the out of practice podcast would you like to waste a little bit
1: more time? Because if so, why don't you jump on to your email platform of choice and type out an email to Podcast at gmail.com to say hello to your two favorite inept podcast hosts? Perhaps you've got even more time to waste because you're not into sports ball and have no games to watch. So you can go to outofpracticepodcast.blogspot.com and check out all of the work he does listing the episodes, listing the guest stars, listing the overall rankings that. Reign supreme as the, as the ultimate rankings of the of the practice as an entity plus or, lots
0: of pictures i stole
1: ton of pictures he stole that we have no copyright claim to he also posts those on our social media facebook instagram at out of practice podcast
0: what else well if you have even more time to burn join the jury And leave us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts or any other service. Just send us an email let us know you did it. We'll be happy to welcome you to the jury right here on our podcast.
1: Would you like to buy us a beer? Come to New York and do it or just send us a PayPal. We'd appreciate it. If you don't have time for a beer, get out your old laser gun and shoot us some laser sounds.
0: Laser sounds.